Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Heavenly Father, we come again with bowed heads and humbled hearts and contrite spirits. Thanking you again, Lord, for another day not promised to us. Lord, asking you to forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, our shortcomings, Lord, things that keep us behind the veil. I'm asking, Lord, that you can edify this group, raise us up, teach us your word tonight. I'm asking that your word may stay with us, Lord, that we may one day no longer be novices, but be those who can profess your word, rightly dividing it. Lord, I'm asking that you raise up every member here. I'm asking that you bless their families. Lord, if there's financial attacks and whatever it is that's going on, Lord, I'm asking that you show, you know, who you are and let your spirit reign, Lord, because there's nothing in this world that you can't handle. You are the Lord thy God, and there is nothing too impossible for you. So I'm asking that you bind every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, every spirit of lust, every spirit of perversion, every spirit that is anti-Christ, Lord. I'm asking that it be bound today, and I'm asking that we take victory over the enemy. I'm asking that your word be edifying, I'm asking that it be broken down. Let us not utter words, Lord, unless they come from you. Lord God of heaven, give us understanding, for you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, the only true God, worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So Laura has a question. Yes. All right. Uh, What's that? It's Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. All right, let's go there. And my question for it is that... uh, it's talking about like offerings, and it almost sounds like the Catholics, the priests, and offerings and forgiving of sin. So I'm right. a little confused by it. Okay. Yeah, Hebrews five verse one. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, and he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Because, uh, you know, the Catholics say you have to go to the priest and you have to talk to him and he forgives your sins. Right. And this kind of sounds that way, so it, it tweaked me a little last night. I'm like, huh? <laughs> I believe um, when the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice, I think that they may be talking about fasting and they're speaking of giving gifts. Like, in other words doing some of the things that the Lord may want you to do, you know, um, like using your spiritual gifts as a, um, as a type of um, offering. Like I think that that could be, fruit. no, I don't okay. think, because when it talks about sacrificing, and this is Hebrews, when they spoke about the high priest, now we know we're not under Levitical law anymore, and Jesus was the shed blood for all time, as far as, um, you know, there being a sacrifice for sins. So I think what it's speaking of here is, you know, you're allowed to, you can offer your gifts and sacrifice. That's why when the Bible says obedience is better, there are times in my life when I backslid or I've sinned, and I'm like, you know, Lord, I want to fast. You know, I want to do whatever it takes to make what I did right. Now, of course, you can just ask for forgiveness. 
But in our sins, there are times that there are things that we do that really affect us more than more than forgiveness. You know, like forgiveness, the Lord won't hold it against you. But did that particular sin have some effect, whether it be physically or, you know, emotionally or spiritually upon you? So that's why, you know, um, when they talk about gifts and sacrifices, I believe that the sacrifice itself means I'm going to deny myself or I'm going to offer myself, you know, as a, as a type of sacrifice. Not for death, of course, because, you know, Jesus shed blood was there. But I believe the gifts and the sacrifices are speaking of you using your gifts to do the work of the Lord, you know, and the other part is denying yourself. Um, what does your book say, Eric? Uh, I don't even have a study Bible concerning uh, Hebrews 1. I mean, what it actually reads? Yeah. Or, uh, <clears throat> I guess so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray. Since Right, no, I meant like, um, is that a study Bible? Yeah, no? oh, you know what it says. Yeah, well, like with the commentary. What did you say, Sarah? Well, I was going to say, this actually sounds more like a, a preacher, a pastor. Because he, he's ordained. Okay, we're all, okay. Right. Can you read verse 1 and verse 2? For every high priest has priest taken away from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God. That is, he may offer both gifts good answer. to sins. I didn't even pick up the ordained part. That's a good answer for that. That is what it sounds like. It's like being anointed. Yeah. But you wouldn't have to go to a priest or a pastor to be forgiven of your sins. No, but they may be able to break down things that you may not understand concerning sin. Mm -hmm. You know, it may be that type of thing, like what you need to do and how you deal with sin. You know, that's that's my guess. But I mean, I was like wondering if you could look in the commentary and see what they think concerning that. Um, three qualifications for the Levitical priest are presented in verses 1 through 4. So that's what it was. Now okay. I get it. Now I get it. They're going back to the Old Testament. Right. They're, they're, um, Hebrews is explaining it. So I guess they're saying, um, I guess you said one through four? Yeah. Okay, so if we start in five, it says, So also Christ glorified not himself to be made in high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he, um, as he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever. Oh, after the order of Melchizedek, I do know this verse. So basically they were comparing what the priests were able to do and how Christ was able to do those things also because he was the high priest. He was the, um, you know, so they're making a comparison here to the Levitical priest as opposed to Christ who was of the order of Melchizedek, but he was the last of the order of Melchizedek. So right. that's what they're explaining right now. It's in comparison to Christ's priesthood his sacrifice, you know, what he was ordained okay. to do, as opposed to the high priest in the Levitical law. So they just started it by what it used to be. Right. And ended how now. Right. They were saying, is. right. They were they were comparing the okay. law to Christ. That you makes know, a so lot yeah. More sense. Yeah. You see, the Catholics hang on to that. That's why you have to go to the priest. They do, and we're going to actually cover. Right. We're going to actually cover some of that stuff because today's study is going to be on, um, it's going to be a two part study. 
one uh, Jake brought to me, so I thought it was good to go over. You know, one is, is Jesus God? And the other is the false versions, false Bible versions, you know, are comparing other Bible versions to the King James. I think it's important only because, you know, last week we went over some things. And I think it is important where some people think the King James is just, eh, you know, it's, it's a good book, but we don't speak that way anymore. You guys are going to find that it's far worse than that. Okay, I mean, it's, it's going to be clear by the end of this study that there's a direct attack on the Word of God. And if the Bible calls the Word of God the sword of the Spirit, one thing we can't allow it to do, or anyone to do, is to replace that sword with a butter knife. So we're going to have to go over this, you know. That is the only offensive weapon we have, so it has to be correct. All right, so um, let's see who we're going to pick on first. In corner one, I guess we're going to, sorry, we're going to have to, you got to be the guinea pig for this one, but um, <laughs> That's all right. yeah, we're, um, it's actually going to be six versions I found that were popular that are going to be exposed. And I think, you know, we all want to know the truth. If there's something that's not right, I think that the biggest part should be getting it right. You know, so what it's really about. So, um. We're going to start with the NIV. Um, one thing that's good to recognize here that I'm reading the notes that I've taken is um, Matthew 17, 21 is missing. All right, there's 16 uh, verses here. Matthew 17, 21 is missing. Matthew 18, 11 is missing. Uh, Matthew 23, 14 is missing. Uh, Mark 7, 16 is missing. I mean, there's a, there's a whole bunch here. There's 16 different ones. And, um, Mark yeah, matter of fact, let's go there because we're going to have to go to some of these to show why it's messy. Uh, Matthew 17, 21. I think you'll be all right today. So he's got to figure it out. He just scrolls through. Matthew 17, 21? Yeah, let's go there. Let's see what they're trying to hide from us. Well, it says, how be it, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. So one thing that there is to make clear there is prayer and fasting is a life of a mature Christian. It's the life of a Christian that wants to subdue his flesh and to strengthen his spirit. Okay, so, and I'm not going to say mature Christian, that's not a right thing to say, but... When you want to get stronger in your walk spiritually, when Jesus talked about making a sacrifice and denying self, you want to strengthen your spirit and you want to weaken your flesh. So the fact that it says here, you know, this type go without but by prayer and fasting, this was about a particular demon that the disciples couldn't cast out. For whatever reasons, they cast out other demons, but this one in particular, they did not have the power. Okay, so um, what's good to explain, let's start at uh, 19, um, of the, uh, verse 19. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith um, as a grain of a mustard seed, 
ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth uh, not out but by prayer and fasting. So the point Jesus is making here is they weren't fasting. Jesus lived a life of fasting. This is explaining how, how uh, important it is for a Christian to fast. When you're fasting, it just subdues your flesh. It really does, and it strengthens your spirit. Also, because many Christians don't believe they may have demons, you know, one thing about demons and a human, they come in like layers. So even if there are things that, you know, people have that they might have subdued, there may be other things in their lives that demons still hang on to and they try and oppress certain things. It may not be possession like the demons are in you, but they're around you and they can oppress you. One of the biggest things that I know that, that bothers a lot of Christians is uh, the spirit of fear. Fear is a huge one, I mean, as to why the body of Christ is not doing what it should, you know. So um, when people are operating in fear, you'll do things that you wouldn't normally do. You know, and you know it's against God because he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So one of the things to recognize with this is I think the NIV is directly attacking, attacking the body of Christ, the, uh, attacking Christ's uh, word. Why would you not want prayer and fasting in your Bible? I mean, if, if that's the way that Jesus walked. So they're trying to take you into another realm and, and give you false doctrine. So I think, yeah, Laura. Okay, there's absolutely i'm fasting and i'm not eating chocolate mm -hmm. so that every time that they want to eat chocolate they don't and then they think of jesus is that true or is it strictly don't eat anything um i think this absolutely but so i'll tell you one of the faster ways to subdue your flesh is to deny yourself of food and that's what jesus did you know jesus went on a 40-day fast I mean, that, you got to be led by the Spirit to do that. I wouldn't encourage anybody to do it unless you're led by the Spirit because people have died trying. Okay, so um, I know they didn't say he didn't drink, but they said that he didn't eat. But either way, the Holy Ghost fell on him. He subdued his flesh for 40 days. He was tempted of the devil. Then after that, he began his ministry. So I think it's real important to deny yourself of food. I'm not saying you have to. What's that? No, and I'll tell you another thing. Jesus didn't do one miracle until the Holy Ghost fell on him. Before that point, he didn't do one miracle. So, you know, in his flesh, he made the same type of walk that, um, you know, anyone who was trying to do what we're doing today. I mean, he went for it. Okay, I'm going to begin my ministry. I'm 30 years old. I've got to subdue my flesh. That was the first thing that the Holy Ghost actually led him into the wilderness. This is what we need to do if we're going to be effective. And that's why when Jesus said, the ruler of this world comes and he has nothing in me, he was making it clear that he could not be bribed. He could not be bought. Jesus was unplugged. He was not of this world. And that's why, you know, the flesh couldn't, you know, go against him. The flesh tried, though. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane when the flesh, and he said, Father, I let this cup pass from me, but let your will be done. And when the father didn't answer him, Jesus, you know, did what he had to do, and he sacrificed. So I look at it like this is a very important verse, and I think that the enemy himself has tried to attack it. So I don't think it's missing just because 
oh, well, they, you know, it's probably not in there anyways. This was the, the life of a mature Christian. And, and more important, these are the words of Jesus. So why would you even want to leave this out? You know, now, now so in, in so many ways, the NIV didn't say it, but they're calling Jesus a liar. Because if they're not calling him a liar, they're saying, well, he probably didn't say that. Either way, it's not important. I think it's very important. Mm -hmm. So that's an attack on the body of Christ, on, on God's word. Okay, um, <laughs> we'll go into Matthew eighteen eleven since we're already here. You guys have the version where it shows uh, Jesus' words in red in the Bible? Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they may cut that out. I mean, I mean, here's another attack, 1811. It's just right here. It says, for the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. Now, okay, if that's not in your, um, you know, I mean, come on, guys. That's an attack. He came to save that which was lost. Why wouldn't they want that in there? That's something to really think about. I mean, you know. It, <laughs> so is it totally out? Like it's missing? Or is it? Yeah. Oh, it's gone. So so is there like a different verse past 11? Like is 11 actually 12? They close like 11 and 12 together and they just oh, leave okay. the, the 11 there. But there's nothing written. So there's no, no, no 11. It just goes 10, then 12. Oh, really? It just, really? Yeah. Wow. And you would think with these 16 missing verses that that's it. Oh, no. And is there There's a, a lot more. Is there a thing in, over here that says something? Sometimes they'll tell you. They'll leave a note or uh -huh. whatever, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to those, too. This was not really mm -hmm. from the Bible. But we have this this parallel Bible that actually shows you, like, when you when you look at the Bible like this, it shows uh, King James and NIV and then Living. Oh, the interlinear yeah. Bibles, so, yeah. So you can see from here, it, like, it, it starts getting smaller, smaller, smaller. Oh, yeah. It's always, like, lopsided. Like, oh, yeah. How come it's, like, tiny and it's, like, boom on this side, you know? And that's why that Erasmus Bible, see, this stuff was going on in Paul's day and even after, but the Erasmus Bible I have over there, I can't read it. I mean, it's in Greek and Latin, but... Erasmus was the one, that Bible started the Reformation because they had the Latin Vulgate on one side, which they were trying to get the Christians to read, and they had the Textus Receptus, which was the Koine, you know, Aramaic Greek, on the other side. So when people began to see the Textus Receptus next to the Latin Vulgate, they said, wait a minute, somebody here is lying. So that's actually what started the Reformation. But they were trying to corrupt Paul's words in his day. When he, I, I don't know which verse that is, but uh, let's go to uh, Matthew twenty three fourteen. Since we're already here, may as well knock Matthew out. There I said knock him out. I didn't know what all cool jokes about. Okay, now this is another one that's missing. It says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows, uh, oh yeah, widows' houses, and for, the, for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Now that part's missing from your Bible, right? Or is it in there? It's, it's kind of questionable. I don't know. Well, what does yours say? Well, it doesn't have, there's no 14, but then, what does 15 say? <laughs> Woe unto you, scribes and okay, never mind. Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass, oh, uh, so ye um, compass sea and land, for ye compass sea and land, and make one uh, proselyte, and when he is made, 
uh, he make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. So at that time, that was when the Pharisees were actually um, giving people false doctrine, trying to turn people back to the law, even though at that time many of them were involved in the Kabbalah. They don't tell people that, but they were involved in the Kabbalah, which is um, secret Jewish magic that comes from Babylon. So this is what a lot of them were into, and, and Christ knew it. You know, So that's why he was saying that what they're trying to teach the people that aren't really believing, he makes them twofold the child of the devil. Not only is he, is he leading them back to the law, I mean, they were leading them back to the law, but they were also trying to teach them other things as well. They had nothing to do with Christ. So, yeah. Uh, let's go to Mark 17. I just want to um, stay on this for a little bit. Yeah, they left a note next to it telling you it probably wasn't in there anyway. Well, they've got it written in here, but it's like below. 714, yeah. Oh, 714. Yeah. Was it Mark 714? <laughs> um, yeah, seven, no, 716, uh, sorry. Mark? Yeah. is are we trying to just understand why or are we trying to say King James better than NIV absolutely it's like, it's like uh, just saying like a well you know what I'm not even uh, an idol worshiper to even lift this book up what I'm lifting up is the word of God right you know so whatever language is written in it's got to match with the Hebrew and that's something that the King James does only it matches with the original Hebrew and the Texas Receptus. So I'm not uplifting this book by any means, you know, like it has to be the King James. No, if this if this had a different name on it, but it was the same words that were written, knowing that they came from the Lord, that's what I'm supporting. Okay, so it's got to match up with the word of God. And God's word is complete. One thing I meant to go into, too, is if we go to, um, let's go to Psalm 12. How about the mark seven? Um, well, yeah, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when the Holy Ghost says, "Hey, let's make a move." I'm gonna make a move. Yeah. And we'll start at verse six, Psalm twelve six. of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in the furnace of earth purified seven times thou shalt keep them O Lord thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever the wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted it's funny how that was put in after they talked about the word of God being preserved as if the Lord knew well he does know that the enemy was going to try and corrupt his word 
So the word of God is supposed to be purified and preserved. I can't remember where it is in Isaiah also, but it speaks of this. So his word will not pass away. When he said heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away, then his word had to be preserved. And mankind has done a good job trying to get rid of it. But like I said, if you go to the beginning of the Bible, the King James Bible, in every King James Bible in the beginning, there's a letter written by King James that actually says why he had this word preserved. At the time, he was at war with the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church attempted to try and change the word of God. You know, the Catholic Church was always against the word of God. So this was one reason why, um, you know, the, the Bible itself, the King James Version comes from a long line of Bibles that were part of the Textus Receptus. You know, the first Bible, I believe, was the Erasmus Bible. The second, I think, was either the Tyndale or the, or the Coverdale or Matthew's Bible. Then came the Great Bible and the Bishop's Bible. Then came the Geneva Bible. And then we have the King James, which we have today. Now, that was from the line of the Textus Receptus. The new Bible versions come out of the Codex Sinaiticus and Codex Vaticanus, and some are from the uh, Westcott and Hort Greek text, which you'll find a lot of. Now, who were Westcott and Hort? They were two Jesuit priests. Now, if anybody understands the oath of the Jesuits, their job was to try and destroy not just God's word, but they were supposed to go into the education system and change that. The scientific world, they were going to change that. And they did a very good job at it, if you really want to be honest. But this is why God's word, I mean, well, so many things about God are corrupt. They swore an oath. I can't remember if that was 16-something or 17 or whatever. But when the Jesuit order set out, they would attack every part of society, including politics, including the word of God, including uh, science, education, you name it. They swore on oath to corrupt this world from knowing God. So, you know, that's what um, the, uh, and, and there are two lines of Bibles. The Texas Receptus comes from Antioch. Now, we know that that was the place that the Romans said that the Christians were first identified as Christians in Antioch. Alexandria, Egypt is where the other line of Bibles come from. Now, why would you want to read a Bible from Egypt, knowing that Egypt was always spoken of as evil and antichrist against God? So they tried their science, and they were trying to say that, um, you know, oh, guess what? You know, we found the new word, the real word of God. It was buried for about five, six hundred, maybe fifteen hundred years. This is what they claimed. It was buried, but we found the original writings. And this is why even Jehovah Witnesses to this day believe that they have the correct Bible. They don't even know who Westcott and Hort were. But these, these lines of Bibles, and that's why we can't trust science. Because science itself will deceive you. Let's go to um, 1 Timothy 6. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to let the Lord lead this one. Because, you know, it was kind of like the other study that I think... There are things we'll have to go into that will bring uh, more understanding to the teaching. 
You there? 620? All right. It says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Now, this is Paul warning Timothy, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith, grace be with thee. So we understand here that he's warning him about science because many have erred, erred, you know, concerning the faith. So science is the thing that, you know, the devil has tried to use, well, not real science, but he's tried to use a thing to destroy God's word. When I said um, in the previous teachings that real science proves the validity of God, it proves who he is. But this is something here that they tried to do, and this is why we ended up with all these Bibles. See, Satan is wise enough to know if he changes a few things at a time, you won't pick up on them as well as corrupting a whole version. You see, now they're so bold now, they have the Queen James Bible where they take out everything about homosexuality in it. I am not kidding. The Queen James Bible. You guys look it up. But it's actually a real thing called the Queen James? Queen James Bible. This is how bold they've become. But they've taken out everything about homosexuality and just kept you know, and just kept the rest of the Bible. Now actually it has other corrupt text in it as well. Oh wow. But the authors of these Bibles Right. Yeah, like the um, the the uh, New World Translation is about that. They said that it was so divine and inspired that no one needs to know God wrote it or something. Yeah. You know, and uh, there was a guy, friends, um, that supposedly translated the Bible. He was supposed to be a scholar in the Hebrew and Greek. Turns out this guy knew no Hebrew or Greek. He couldn't even translate the Bible in court. You know, so, I mean, these are things that, you know, they don't tell people, but we've got to know that God preserved his word. I know people hate the Quaker English, but the fact of the matter is, this is the word of God. Now, there are other texts that actually go right along with this. I have a um, book in the back. It's the uh, Koine Greek. It's the Texas Receptus. The only thing that was changed, like as far as the King James goes, is like where it says man. The original text in the Hebrew would say, or Greek, man of clay. Okay, like it's making a distinction between, you know, I guess there might have been other, you know, beings around that weren't men, you know, but it speaks of man of clay. That's what it says in the original Hebrew, so that everybody would understand. But that's minor, because we know that man was made from clay. We read in Daniel, man was made of clay. So, where, and, and I'll show you another thing too, but well, let's get into it, because I'm... Um, Getting a little excited, so. Hey Derek, one last. Well, then, what uh, Bible do the Catholics use today? The Vulgate. Yep. They use the Vulgate, Latin Vulgate Bible. It was Latin, you know, yeah. not even mixed up with the Texas Receptus. Yeah, six extra books in them. Yeah, they have seventy-two books. Now I know why they have seventy-two books, but you know that's a highly high occult number. We went into that last week about you know certain songs that aren't Christian, 72 beats per minute. You know, um, you have the um, 72 Goetia demons, which are demons that gate demons. Now, people in the occult world know that these demons exist. They have 72 ionospheric heaters, like the harp system. See, some people think we only got one, and it's in Alaska. There are 72 of them around the world. Now, if we have 72 gate demons... And the harp system is supposed to help with certain things. 
it makes you wonder what's really going to play out soon. Is you know, the, if it's uh, a virgins that the Muslims are supposed to get. Absolutely, seventy-two virgins. We talked about yeah. that last week, but that number seventy-two is highly occult. So that's why they look to it. You know, even um, when you look at the New York Stock Exchange, while I was there, even banks, they're not allowed to be closed more than 72 hours. Okay, like if there's a holiday that's usually on a Monday, no more than 72 hours they have to be open. During 9-11, when I was on the trading floor, uh, that was the first time in history that the um, market was closed more than 72 hours. Okay, but that was, you know, because they couldn't open it. But this is what, that, that, that number is so highly occult. Guys, you'll find it in so many things. Even when certain holidays are on certain days, isn't it funny how they throw it back on a Monday just to make that 72? Like Martin Luther King's birthday, that's kind of like switched up. That's really an occult holiday too. Easter, you know, there, there's certain days that Veterans Day and all the other days, they have to somehow make that number 72. They'll put it on a Monday even if it's not really that particular day. So, you know, they're known for doing that. Memorial Day is another one. You know, well, they'll do that. It'll be that last Monday, mm-hmm. you know, the week. So. It always was for uh, the 30th. That's what it originally was. Right. Let me change that. Um, Mark seven sixteen. Where's it back there? But you know what? Even if there were two verses I found missing in my Bible, guess what? It's not real to me. I throw it out. And I'm only being honest because if this is the most, the greatest offensive weapon we have, why would you even want chinks in it? You know a blade with breaks in it is going to, you know, one good hit and then over it goes. I believe there's a spirit behind a lot of the Bibles that are not the King James. All right, I'm running my well, mouth, and I'm in the wrong place. And so. with Susie and I, when we were getting out with Karen, mm-hmm. it's like we were reading different Bibles because we decided that the Jehovah's Witness Bible was wrong. So then we we were comfortable with the name Jehovah, so then we clung to the, the Living Bible. And then when we jumped from the Living Bible, because there was something weird in it, so then we jumped over to... Um, oh yeah, we're going to cover all that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We went over to the other one The E something ESV. ESV And it wasn't until we got to King James Did we find Jesus That's when we got saved That is exactly and right And we studied all those other Bibles And we were like, but here, but here it says that he's Because we were trying to figure out the Trinity If it was mm-hmm. real or not mm-hmm. And those Bibles twist it so badly That we kept saying mm-hmm. Well then the witnesses are right Exactly, and that's the one, this is the one that closest correlates with the original Hebrew and Greek, you know, uh, Mark 16, uh, 7, 16, it just says, um, if any man have um, ears to hear, let him hear, is that in your Bible? It's not, it's just down here in the notes right below, yeah, it's saying in the probably, study section, but like right immediately after. Yeah, so even if they don't take it out or whatever, then they have a note explaining, oh, well, it wasn't really like that in the original anyway. Yeah, okay. They don't really explain you know, but, why they don't have it in there. What they're saying. Just if any man... Out of it. Oh, it's not in yours either? No, I got it. I'm just oh. what his said. Oh. And then, yeah, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. So, you know, they're even telling you not to pay attention. And that's 
I've finished <laughs> all over the place in oh, Revelation. Actually, let's see. Yeah, let's say verse mm-hmm. 16 appears to be a scribal edition derived from either 4.9 or 4.23. Mm-hmm. But if you look in 15, look what it says. There is nothing from without a man that entereth into um, him uh, can defile him, but the thing uh, which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. So he said, those are they. What comes out of a man? See, and this is why people don't believe in demons, but isn't it funny? So now they're saying, um, if any man have an ear, you know, they, they took that part out. Like, in other words, oh, well, don't pay attention to it. Go right on to the next thing. You know, so uh, you were going to say something, sir? Yeah, because when I was doing what I borrowed that book from for a while back, I found that in other versions, too, where they would say, oh, because this is written in here, we don't have to repeat it. Well, as we know in the God's Word, if you repeat something, it's very important. We really do need to pay attention to what you're saying, but they're kind of like downplaying it by saying, right. oh, this has already been written in, so we don't have to read it again. Right, and you know what that sounds like? Genesis 3. Mm-hmm. Yea, did God say not to eat of every tree here of the garden? Right. You know, the first thing Satan had ever brought forth was a question, question in the Word of God. And he's still doing it today. Remember, if he transforms as an angel of light, his ministers are ministers, they're transformed as ministers of righteousness. It's, it, that's kind of strange because uh, it says, it appears to be a scribal edition derived from either 4.9 or 4.23. See, both those two, verse 4.9 and 4.23, both say, if anyone has ear, ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, it says that in 4.9 and 4.23, so I don't know why... They would see a reason to take it out on... Yeah, because it was what it was speaking of specifically. It's the I third think time. the reason. They took out the third time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so that's, uh, we may as well stay there. Let's go to Mark 9.44. Okay. Everybody likes, you know, Shakespeare. It's like Shakespeare is just like this. So they, they totally love mm-hmm. that, but they're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is, we just can't understand it. Right. Now, see, I understand here in this verse why it's missing from your Bible. I mean, this should um, really show all. Okay, and it says, because if you go to 43, let's go to 943, and it says, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life uh, maimed than to have two hands and go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Um, and if and if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter, uh, to enter halt into life uh, than uh, having two feet and to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. So, you know, you go into there, those are both missing, right? Which yeah. one is missing from yours? Both 44 and 46, but it says, let's see, where are we at here? Uh, verses 44 and 46 are identical to verse 48. Right, and see, this is what they say, but the thing is, is that they want people to not fear. You want to know why no one believes in hell? It's because of Bibles like this. It's because of the truth being taken out. This is why no one has any fear of God. Because if you're, if you're um, I know the Jehovah Witness love to call hell um, Hades or Sheol. 
They'll say it's Sheol. Oh, that means the grave. That's not exactly talking about hell. When Jesus made it very clear that that word was, you know, it was hell. You know, so this is why a lot of people don't believe in hell. And this is why people have no fear of God whatsoever. So 44 reads how? Um, it just says, where the um, where their worm dieth not, and thy fire is not quenched. Okay. So they're speaking of the lake of fire, yeah. where people are in there for eternity. You know, so this is one reason why, you know, a lot of people don't believe in hell. Because of stuff like this, you know, taken out of the modern translations. Um, that would have been the third time it had been said. Right. Let's go to Luke 17, um, 36. We did have a late start, but I'm not going to cover nearly as much as I can with all these Bible versions. Guys, these Bibles are shot full of holes, okay? I mean, they may as well not even have pages for some of the stuff that they took out. Uh, Luke 17.36, because I want to really get into the meat of stuff, too. There's a lot of things that, you know... Okay, is that missing from your Bible as well? Mm-hmm. Okay, now what it says here is, two men shall be in the field, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Now, you know that you know what this is speaking of. This is speaking about that time when just before Christ comes, and we're going to meet with him in the clouds. You know, what they try and pull here by, move, by removing this from his Bible is they're trying to say that, you know, everybody has a chance into heaven. You know, everybody's got their way in. So, see, this here is a separator because it's speaking of one being left and the other still being here. You see, so that's not a very popular doctrine. So you'd have to move something like that because then the question would be, what makes one that's leaving different from the one that's staying? So they're trying to make it like all-inclusive. This is why you have all-inclusive gospel. All right, uh, we'll keep moving. Let's go to... uh, uh, Luke twenty three seventeen. I mean, it would take, and I'm not kidding, it would take a six, seven hour study to be able to cover all the mistakes in these Bibles. It's that bad. All right, twenty three seventeen. Um, It says, for of necessity, he must release one unto them at the feast. Okay, so let's see. I will therefore chastise him and release him. I'm at 16. Um, For of necessity, he must release one unto them um, at the feast. And they cried out all at once, saying, away with this man and release um, unto us barbarous. I mean, um, Barabbas. So this is why they, um, you know, so they took that part out too. Mm-hmm. Now, see, I believe they took this out because of the fact that they wanted to make like, um, to say that, you know, no one's wrong for not choosing Jesus. That would be my my opinion on it. Why would they take that out? I mean, think about it. And what does yours say? It just has... Um, it just goes 16 and 18. It does okay. mention the... the 17, 
It's all it says from seventeen, which is just in the right above the notes. I guess it is notes. It says now he was obliged <clears throat> to release one man to them at the feast. Yeah, but they took that out. I don't even see the point in that either. Yeah, it's weird. And and yeah, the one that has notes, the one that doesn't have notes is just well, it says well, it's right like a little teeny tiny note section, and then there's like a study section right here. Right, because like, you actually have the study Bible, but if you don't have the study Bible, it would be just missing at that point. Right. right. So you never really know why. So, you know, um, just for this, because, you know, for time's sake, there's 16 verses I have here that are missing. Now, that's not all of them, but um, there's a few other things um, that they attack. Let's go into First uh, John five seven. I know everybody knows that. I just want to really dig into this. First John is at the back. It's um, two books, three books before Revelation. Five seven. Yeah. It actually is in here. Would yeah. You add something to it. Oh man! Wait till you hear this. 1 John 5, 7 says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Now in yours it says, For there are three that testify. And I believe that's it. Yeah, it's just, for there are so three therefore, that right. the Spirit, the water, and the blood. Yeah, that's the next line. That's 5, 8. Hmm. So the thing is, is that they took that out, and they'll, they'll probably claim... Oh, because we've already said it once, but they're attacking the Trinity here. This is why you have oneness Pentecostalism, where people think that Jesus and God the Father are the same person when, you know, why would you sit up at the right hand of yourself? You know, what sense does that make? You send yourself into the world and then you come back? I mean, so, you know, it's not even realistic, but here they're attacking the Trinity. See, and that's the kind of stuff that Sujin Karen and I were reading, trying to mm -hmm. figure out the truth, the real truth of God. And that's the stuff that was throwing us into crazy rabbit holes until right. we got a hold of the authorized King right. James, which made clear sense. Exactly. So they were saying, so there are three that testify. Now, it doesn't tell you who the three are, and it doesn't say that those three are one. You want to know why people think Jesus isn't God? This is part of it. When you got texts like that that'll say there are three to testify, if those three are one, then that means those three are together. <laughs> now, the Jehovah Witness Bible reads different because it says those three are in agreement when it doesn't say that. The Bible says one, and the King James is very familiar with agreement. The word agreement is in the King James Bible, so they obviously didn't miss that. What ended up being missed was the fact that they didn't want to add Jesus as God. You know, so this is an attack on Christ again, you know, and, and this is why you want to know how a lot of Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons, how they end up really bringing a lot of people that were Christians with them is because they'll, if you got an NIV, they'll show you mistake upon mistake in your Bible. They are well versed in that and trained. Am I lying? No. I mean, they know, okay, this Bible's corrupt. Let me show you some mistakes here. See, our Bible is complete, which is not. But this is what they do to people. So this is how people get deceived because you'll start looking at your Bible. Let's just say you have an NIV. You'll start looking at your Bible and you can't dispute it because it's written right there. So you can either agree or disagree. And 
Jehovah's Witnesses do not like to battle you with an authorized King James. No. Okay. No. That's the real sword. Exactly. That is the real sword. That's right, because it even points out the mistakes in their Bible. Yep. So they don't like to combat that. Okay, so that's just one other thing that's an attack. Uh, let's go to uh, Luke 2.33. I don't even like reading the other versions. They're so blasphemous. I mean, I'm not kidding. It's just like... 2.33? Yeah, Luke 2.33. Once you get away from it, it feels like vomit to go back to it. Sorry. It does. <laughs> I don't know. The King James also just reads so, like, you know, smooth. I may not read it that smooth, but it's it's smooth. It just know? makes so much more sense. And there, there's a story I have to share real quick. There's mm -hmm. a woman that used to work for a Christian bookstore. And <clears throat> she uh, told me how they had this whole education where the man came in and he explained how the authorized King James Version Bible was not the best Bible, and to promote all these other Bibles, which looked very one new worldy crud. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, well, because he said that the authorized King James is, is very hard and not loving. And I was like, excuse me? That's where I the found word all of the God, love. Exactly. I did not find love in the other Bibles. Mm -hmm. I found it in the authorized King James. That's right. That's what told me that Jesus loved me. Exactly. Everything else yeah. didn't tell me diddly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. And so I found it, I just, I sent her a whole bunch of stuff, and she never talked to me again about it. It was like a drop subject, mm -hmm. so I'm like, I'm sorry, you're way wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing that they will fight tooth and claw to try and hang on to. When if you really love the Lord, it's like, come on. If you know he's being attacked, you can't just go along with that. The Bible says that how can two walk together lest they be agreed? You know, so how can you walk with a Bible that's, and I'm not, like I said, Eric, I'm not pointing it at you, okay, for reading that. The point I'm making is is that these Bibles are obviously attacking Christ. But anyway, let's go to uh, Luke 2.33. And Joseph and his mother marveled uh, at those things which were spoken of him. Now, what does your version say? The child's father and mother marveled. Or, uh, wait a second. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Now, some people would look at that as, well, what's wrong with that? There's a big problem, okay? That's attacking the virgin birth. The King James is sure to never call Joseph Jesus' father because he wasn't his father. So while they said G or Joseph and his mother, they made a distinction between Joseph being Joseph, okay, his stepfather, if you will, but then he has his real father, which is God the Father, you know, so the King James has it correct. Where they're his mother and father. So in other words, they're going against the virgin birth. You know, that's what they're attacking. So you can point back and say, see, no, Joseph was Jesus' father. He was just a man. There was nothing special about him. And this is what the King James is sure to never do. Okay, so that's another thing. Okay, uh, let's go to Micah 5.2. Yeah, I'm going to have to probably help you with that one. That's a little book. It's right after Daniel in between Amos and... All right, I'm here. It's after Daniel and then it's... Right before Zechariah. 12.96. 
close. Yeah, what was it, Micah? What? what? Five, five two. two. Right after Daniel. Right, there's Micah. Um, right after Daniel. Uh, it's I think it's right after Amos. Okay. Yeah. This one here. Okay. And it says Oh but I like the what? Oh five two. Are you oh. there? Yeah. Okay. All right. But thou Bethlehem Ephrata, uh thou <laughs> though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall ye shall he come forth unto me that is to be Oh, okay, that is to be ruler in Israel, those whose goings forth uh, have been from of old, from everlasting. Now, what does your version say? Because I believe it says something about ancient times. Oh, all verse 2? Yeah. For you, Bethlehem, and Ephra, whatever it is. Ephra, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of... You will come from me, one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from an old, from ancient times. Okay, now this is speaking of Christ. Now here it makes a distinction that he's um, from old, from everlasting. Everlasting means just what it says. He always was. He was there, exactly. Who but God can be everlasting? But you see, in the modern versions, they'll say ancient times. As if, yeah, you were created, you were around, you right. came around at some point, but you weren't there at the beginning. So that, again, is another attack against Jesus being God. This is the other thing that they're attacking. All right? So let's keep moving, unless anyone wants to add anything. Uh, the only thing that I know about the King James, because people say, oh, well, there was words in there, too. The ones in the King James that are the only ones that are added are the ones that are uh, like slanted and they're they're just to make it flow it's like for example and or in or you know like a, it's not an exact translation right right well see reason. but the only reason for those is not because they wanted to corrupt the word right. it was because there are some things in the hebrew and the greek that don't have a word for english yeah you see <clears throat> hebrew is it's a weird it's a different language because one word can have seven meanings, okay? So this is why sometimes they don't have the word that may go with it, so you'll pick the closest English word to go along with it. Go ahead. You said. Even a good example, one day I was in one of the stores, and one of the ladies that works in there speaks Spanish. She was speaking Spanish to another lady until she got to, she was trying to show where the clearance section was. They don't have a word right. in Spanish for clearance. So what she said, all this stuff, and she said, no, 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 clearance. You know, so it's kind of like the mm -hmm. same thing. If you don't have a word for it, you're going to use the closest translation. This is why people know, speak you know. Spanglish, you know, where yeah. it's like Spanish-English, because yeah. there is no word for it. Mm -hmm. But that's what some people will argue with me about. They'll say, well, authorized King James has added things in it, too. Mm -hmm. But their added things are not corrupting the word of God. You have to, <laughs> exactly. you have to add certain things just to make it actually translate to English. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's go to John 3. Let's go to John 1, as a matter of fact. That's the word, yes. It's 
Non-316 should also be different from MIP. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that. I actually, um... John, what? John 1. Yeah, let's go to John 1. Because I think the faster way to do this would be to go into other translations as well. You know, um, it'll be hard to knock all of them out individually, especially since we had a late start. We can bring that Bible with the parallels, like four different parallels. Yeah, mm -hmm. that one knocks them out pretty fast. Yeah, actually. Um, so you got it right next to you. Right. What I did today was I added other Bible versions uh, to my phone, okay. you know, like the app. And let's see, we're at John 1, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's, I'm going to attack the um, New World Translation. Now, why would you even want to read a book called the New World Translation? That sounds too much like New World Order for me. I mean, yeah. I just, like, man, like, that's conditioning. Oh, totally. They did that for a reason. Exactly. So when they translate these Bibles, do they take them from the King James and translate them, or do they take them from yeah. the Greek and Hebrew and translate them? The yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses literally took the authorized King James Version and sat there in their kingdom hall and crossed things out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Some were, were translated King James, the Texas, or no, the, we said it last week, right? The, uh, um, I forget what it was called, the Latin Vulgate or, um, and the other one, what was it? <laughs> last week when mm. we spoke about it, they, uh, Textus Receptus? No, 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 the false translation. They used, um, Codex Sinaiticus and Codex Vaticanus. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is where it reads for us. I'm sure most of you know this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You go to the uh, Jehovah Witness um, New World Translation, it says, In the beginning was uh, the Word, was the Word was, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Now, the funny thing about this is there is no was. Um, the second was, actually the first was wasn't here because it says in the beginning was the word was. Now, that doesn't make any sense, but it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. They put in the Jehovah Witness Bible and the word was a God. There is no a, right. There is no a in um, the, the original Greek text. It's not even there. It doesn't exist. Okay, so this is another attempt to not call Christ God. Because that means that there's multiple. Exactly. Now, Jehovah's like Witnesses Jews don't even believe in the right. Trinity. So why would they say a God? Doesn't that go against their doctrine? God says there shall be no other God before me. So who's this? But you see, they have a problem with understanding that God can be one God in three persons. You know, and to me, it's not difficult to understand if you look at it like it's a family, the last name is God. That makes perfect sense. When we have family structures here on earth, you know, with us, with humans, with man, you know, it's, it's supposed to resemble what's in heaven. Now, I'm not calling the Holy Ghost a woman by any means. The Bible says he, that he has a comforting spirit about him, which is something that the Lord had given a woman. You know, even to men that are sensitive in their hearts, that, that, you know, understand caring. So when you look at, you know, as above, so below, you know, um, as it is in heaven, on the earth, 
It's the same thing that would mark what God designed. So this is why you have a family. You know, so I think that makes perfect sense. So this is just showing what the Jehovah Witness has. What does yours have in the NIV? Oh, just verse 1? Yeah. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay. So that part they, they did right. Because they even knew that you couldn't mess up the text. Right. But, you know, they tried so hard to change that. It's nowhere in the original Hebrew think, um, or Greek. According to my memory of all my research, B, that mm -hmm. was only the witness by what, like the little Agar. Yeah, they were. All by a guy, and it was translated by a guy who didn't even know Greek or Hebrew. You know, that guy Franz. I can't remember his first name. Fred Frederick Franz. Fred Franz, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go to John 3 right down the block. John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, uh, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, uh, what do you have in yours, uh, Eric? Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, does anybody there see a problem with that? That's right. And the begotten part, see, now some people are going to say one and only son. Okay, that but. sounds like just how Martin's an only child. <laughs> exactly. And it's not making a distinction that when Jesus said that he came from, well, the, I think the book of Psalms says he came from the bosom of the Father, which meant he always existed. The Father just called him forth. Now, some people would look at that as created, you know, but that's not created. What they use for created, even in the King James, it means to be called forth. It doesn't mean made. Like made, um, what it means is established. He was brought forth, you know, established and made. That's different than created, like he was in a lab or he had to be birthed. You know, what it's saying is, is that he was established. He was created, called forth, you know, put in place. Okay. Yeah. Begotten was one, but there's another thing you can also... Between the two, uh, King's James says should, but NIV says shall. Should and shall. Hmm. Hmm. Right, and because shall is already it's done. You know, should is like well that he should give his only begotten son. Is that what it says? No, should not perish. Oh, should not perish. Shall not perish, but have right. Perish. So that's like well, it should or shouldn't, but. Shall is like, you know, you shall not. You yeah, will should not. Is, should is King James. Should perish? Yeah, should is the King James. Shall is the NIV, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah in him. Um, do you think that's a... All right, in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, you know what? That's actually a good point Mikkel brought up. This also speaks of um, uh, your free will. Because if you look at this, it speaks of should not perish, which means you still have the option to, you know, God gave it to you to be saved. But it's a gift that you have to accept. So just because he died for the world doesn't mean you have to take it. But when they say shall means God did it all. There's nothing that I need to do, you know, like it's already been done. So that's another thing, even for like once saved, always saved, where a lot of people, you know, go for that. It's with your will. Should means your will. But when you look at um, yeah. shall, it, it like means, well, it's will. done. Yeah, like you have no say 
Right. You've been saved. Yeah, exactly. Forever. No matter what you did. Right, no matter what. And, you know, there's a lot of false doctrines that come out of that. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Genesis 22. But, you know, like I said, I really believe that there's going to come a day where we're going to have to know this book. We're going to have to proclaim things out of this book. If this is the sword of the Spirit, then that means that these words are going to have to be used in battle. So I believe that even if we talk spiritual warfare, the demons know the difference. I think if you say, if you say certain words that are not in the original Hebrew, the way that God meant for them to be said... I think some demons will sit there and look at you, you know, before they beat you down. I really do believe that it's going to be a distinction between the sword, the actual words that God says in your own interpretation. That's going to make a big difference. Let's see. Genesis 22. Actually, um, hmm. you guys are going to hate me for this, but... Let's go to 1 Timothy 3. Sorry, guys. I thought it was John again. Oh, yeah. Coming right. back to Genesis? No, 1 Timothy 3. No, we're not coming back. Okay. I left a note for something else that I was writing. 1 Timothy and I, uh, 3. You know, my the word of God for me... Like I said, it can't be incomplete. I have to know what the Lord said from start to finish. What he said, what he meant, you know, the Bible says, let God be true and let every man be a liar. So if people want to tell me that, oh, it probably wasn't in there like that anyway, you know what? You're going to have to prove it because I'm believing that this was translated correctly. All right, 3 verse 16. Almost there, Andrew. You there? Well, let's see if I can find it real quick. First Timothy three. Right. We're here. She's on its way. <laughs> All right. First Timothy three sixteen reads. First Timothy six three um, three sixteen reads, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on into in the world, received up into glory. So who else is this speaking about? 
God was manifest in the flesh. This is made clearly right here. That this is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God. Okay? He preached unto the Gentiles. He was received up into glory when he ascended. After he had accomplished everything that he was supposed to. So, you know, uh, what does your Bible read, Eric? 16? Yeah. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> For that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience. Is that um, second or first Timothy? First. First Timothy? Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, wait, what's what we doing? Three? Uh, 316. Oh, 316, okay, we're, never mind. I was thinking it looked totally different than what you were reading. <laughs> uh, 316? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. Uh, he appeared in a body, was vind- vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels and preached among the nations and was believed on in the world and was taken up in glory. Now, the funny thing about that is it says he. He who? They never even mentioned God. God is not mentioned once in there referring to Christ. I wonder why. You know, this is what the Jehovah Witness um, New World Translation reads. Indeed, the sacred secret of this godly devotion um, is admitted great. Uh, he was made manifest in flesh, was declared righteous in spirit, uh, appeared to angels, was preached about among nations, <laughs> uh, was believed upon in the world, and received up into glory. Yeah, no God in there whatsoever. Is the he at least capitalized? It is. Yeah, but that could be anybody. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> right. Oh, all right, I get what you I said. It is the beginning right. of a sentence, so yeah. it could be capital just because of that. I mean, just look at ours, 316. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on into the world, I mean, on in the world, received up into glory. It makes clear that it was God, and that's a capital G there, too. So that's also defending Christ where the other Bible versions don't say that. But this is one of the things that actually defends, you know, Jesus' deity. So, you know, the enemy wanted to take that out. Let's go to Isaiah 9. It says right here in the little notes of some manuscripts, uh, for the very beginning right there, that he, the some manuscripts... God. That's what that's what they uh, refer to. They said he in some manuscripts. In some uh, no, in some in some manuscripts, God. That's that's what they're saying in the notation. Right, the but notation it doesn't. That, yeah. But they don't say anything about Jesus. It doesn't actually say Jesus at all in there. Yeah. Uh, where did I say go? Isaiah nine, right? Yeah. But, you know, this is just an attack. And, I mean, it's just, it's clear that they're trying to hide something. Well, and last year at Fremire, they sold the authorized King James Version Bible with the large print. And I thought, oh, that would be a good one to go buy for you. And so I went back, and now it's the NIV. That's the only one they offer. Yeah, you notice the King James is not even on the shelves anymore. Jake, you've got to tell your story, man. That was so funny. He went into Barnes and Noble. Good. They asked me to leave oh, because 
I was walking through looking for something to kind of help find better knowledge. And I'm seeing all this stuff mixed in with it, like uh, books from the Pope and the Catholic Bibles. So I start pulling them out. And they're like, they, long story short, so they asked me what I was doing, and I told them that they were wrong and this needed to be elsewhere. And I kept pulling more. And they're like, well, if you're going to do that, you need to leave. I was like, that's cool, but just make sure you guys get it right. <laughs> But that's that boldness, you know, that you get. I mean, when the spirit is on you. Now, some people would think that was a criminal act. But you know what? When the spirit is on yeah, you, there's things that you just can't tolerate. Yeah, like you ever heard someone just talking bad about your God and you're around? And it's like, and you say to yourself, okay, because he just said it about a minute ago. If he says it one more time, I'm going to interject what I need to. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But it's almost like, all right, I'm not going to listen to this much longer. I've got to say something because this is your witness. This is your testimony. Oh, you and know, I said you stupid denied... Barnes and Noble, and then I walked out. <laughs> you said what? Stupid Barnes and Noble. <laughs> <laughs> Good, Sarah. What are you going to say? I was just going to say this real quick because I know we got to keep going. Right. But um, I have a friend, and you know, she also reads the NIV. But it seems like sometimes when she texts me about stuff, when she says the word Lord. She'll use lowercase letters. And to me, that's just like, you know, it irks me because to me, if he's the king of kings and lord of lords, you know, if you're not, I mean, I guess if you're not really paying attention to that, it doesn't mean oh. much. But to me, it does. You know, I don't want to like, you want to give him all reverence, you know. Even Absolutely. But that comes with a maturity in a person's exactly. life. Yeah. Like, yeah. she may not even recognize it where you're more sensitive to it. So yeah, it we don't want to be religious right. either. You know, like it's you just what the Word of God right. says. Like right. you were saying, it's one of those things like it irks me. When yeah, you don't <laughs> like to hear it, right? Good, Jake. I have another small little story, but I'll share it for yeah, you. Yeah, good. It's cool. So Sarah was just talking about uh, you know, Jesus being the Lord, the King of Kings, or whatever. So I was a big, like, old school pro wrestling fan. So there's a wrestler named Triple H that comes out and he calls himself the King of Kings. So I'm on Twitter calling him out. I'm like, no, God's the King of Kings. <laughs> and he ended up deleting me. Oh. Like, yeah, because when we talk about, you know, God, um, when we say that word, now when one thing, this is something else I would add to it, but when we use that word God, you know, sometimes it's better to, you know, God the Father or Jesus Christ. That makes it personal. So people know exactly who you represent because if you tell people you believe in God, people will tell you, oh, yeah, I believe in God too. But see, once you start, Jesus is who makes the distinction. Now, of course, God the Father is God, period. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, but I'm saying people use that word God so loosely that just about anything could be your God. Because you're not going to say capital or lowercase g. You know, they say God, so you assume we're talking about the same God. But when you enter Jesus, Jesus, the Bible actually refers to Jesus as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So, you know, at times it's good to be personal about who we're speaking of so that people understand who we represent. God knows everyone's heart, so I'm not saying he hold it against you. But the thing is, is that there are people who may agree with you because they don't know that you're talking about Christ. Like if you look on the back of that dollar bill and God we trust, that ain't about Jesus. That ain't about God the Father. That's about Satan, the God of this world. So, That's you know, the C and I is on it. Absolutely. 
So, you know, and, and like I said, you go to other books and you find other books that are done correctly. This is the only word that attacks that everyone wants to come against. Why? Because in this book, you can't do what you want to do. You can do it, but there's specific rules. There's things that the Lord wants you to do. And that's something that a lot of people have a problem with. But you know something? What book is more accurate than this one? What book tells you the beginning from the end? And I challenge anybody to bring any book that they have and see if it tells them anything about the future. 458 prophecies this book has fulfilled already. 458 prophecies. There was a science, um, uh, I think it was a, a professor from some college, but he wanted to know what the ratio was in that. For 458 prophecies to be fulfilled, he wanted to know what the, what the probability was. So he and his students even tried to make the odds greater by, you know, trying to um, make the numbers bigger or whatever just to see what comes of it. Well, I believe that when they were done with it, it was like because all of them were answered and, you know, some still to come. But it said that it was like um, 10,000 10, something to the... 58th power or something like it was some huge number that's beyond like trillions like you couldn't even count it you know and it was almost like the number was infinite like God you know just to be that accurate to be able to do one thing after another if anybody doubts this book and you think that any book compares to it I challenge you to bring it and let's see what prophecies are mentioned a lot of them will tell you things like some people think Nostradamus his prophecies were spot on I think the demon that Nostradamus was speaking to gave him little things that could be done either way, but there were never really any straight answers. You could have pointed to anywhere in history and say, oh yeah, this is what he's talking about. You know, so the thing is, is that this book, like I said, from beginning to end, there's no book like it. And I'm not just a Jesus lover, so I'm blind to all the others. I've read all those books. I've read all of them. They can tell you about their way of life what you have to do, their Messiah is coming back, you know, all these different things. But to be as accurate as this is, and I mean, you know, this book is validated. You go into the old text, the book of Daniel in some areas was written in Hebrew. Other areas, it was in Aramaic. Other areas, it was, you know, back to the Hebrew. So these texts are well documented. You know, it wasn't just somebody, well, that just happened, so let me write it down. No, history supports this book. There's, there's proof that Isaiah lived in 700 B.C., and he talked about Christ who came in the year 1, 2, or 3. You know, I'm not sure which one it is. So there's documented proof to support this, you know? So, you know, I'm just, I hate to, you know, get into it, but I get so excited about this book because if this isn't God's Word, then God's Word doesn't exist. And it's as simple as that. That was my window. Come on. <laughs> All right. Could be. All right, let's go to Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9, 6. And this is speaking of Christ. For unto us a child is born, unto, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, I know some people would wonder, okay, um, how could Jesus be called 
everlasting Father. I don't believe that um, they're speaking of God the Father here. I think what they're saying is, and you guys can um, disagree and come up with something else, but I had long wondered when it says, um, created he him in, in Genesis, male and female created he them. Now, if Jesus made everything, including Adam and Eve, wouldn't that kind of make Jesus in heaven the father of Adam? You see, like when, when they say Adam was the son of God, Adam was the son of God. The Bible makes clear. But then the Bible also makes clear that Jesus is the only begotten son, the only real son, capital S. I think the distinction between them would have to be when they said Adam was the son of God, in my opinion, and Lord forgive me if I'm wrong, I think Adam was the son of Jesus. I think Jesus was the son of the father. I think that with Jesus, we all became sons and daughters of God the Father because he was pointing us back. When he said Adam was the son of God, you know, and here Jesus is called Mighty Father, then who is he the father of? Is it because he's played the role of a father? Because if he created everything, of course, by the God the Father telling him what to create. Jesus didn't just create whatever. These things were made for his pleasure. But if all these things were made, then I believe that if Jesus made Adam, then Jesus in some ways would be the father of Adam. You know, not trying to be funny, but when they said the voice of the Lord walked in the cool of the day to come and see Adam and Eve, the father sits on the throne. I don't think he needs to come and talk to Adam and Eve. You know, I think that every time that, that they say an angel of the Lord or, you know, we have seen the face of God like they talked about in Samson, when the angel came and they said, we have seen the face of God, that that was Jesus Christ, you know, um, coming to deliver a message or to speak to them. I believe it was Jesus Christ that walked in the Garden of Eden. You know, that's a hard reality for people because he says, I'll put enmity between his seed, um, thou seed, and the serpent seed. But remember, at this point, Christ is God acting in heaven. He's not on the earth showing everyone how to get back to the Father. That's a distinction that I think. Now, I mean, if anyone disagrees, I would love to hear everyone's opinion on it. But I believe that Jesus, in many ways, even though he was the son of God, acted like a father even when he was here. You know, now, I'm not saying that he was the father. He's not God the father. But in many ways, he did. He healed. He took care of. He's known as the shepherd. The shepherd cares for his sheep. So I believe in some ways he was acting like a father, even though he's not the father. He's not God the Father. But like I said, if anybody disagrees why this title was used here... Well, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Absolutely. So that's another good point. Go ahead, sir. Also, in the Greek where it says, uh, sons of God, pertaining to children at that point, because, you know, the Greek and the Hebrew are two different things. Right. It makes sense. If you're going to be... Sense, if you're going to be a son of somebody, well, then you have to have a father. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, one of the things, too, is um, I believe that, you know, when they called him Mighty Father, I mean, when even he was called Emmanuel, it said God with us. That's what the word Emmanuel means. So there was a there was a clear uh, thing. And I, like I said, I'll pray to it because I don't want to speak in error. But this is what I believe. I believe the fact that he was, in some ways, the father of Adam. He was Adam's God, clearly. Moses, was 
wasn't it Moses who prayed to or asked to see him and he could only see the back of his head walking away? Right. Jesus said, you can't see me. Now, yeah, you know that Jesus was dead. I'm sorry. It's like you, you know now that that was Jesus because you can't see the father. But Jesus wasn't really known yet. Right. It was even Jesus who went to Abraham's house with the two angels. How you know that is, is because Jesus said in um, John uh, eight fifty six, I believe. Yeah, matter of fact, let's go there real quick, because I don't want to be misunderstood. John 8. It's St. John, not First John. Okay, we'll start from uh, 53. John 8, 53. Art thou greater than our uh, father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jesus knew how to argue. I mean, you know, he came back with them with what they had, 55. Yet ye have not known him, uh, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. So you know that from understanding this, Jesus, Abraham saw Jesus. He knew who Jesus was. He didn't say my father here. He said he rejoiced to see my day. So Abraham saw the Lord. Uh, then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not uh, yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Now, you know, that took yeah. them right back to Moses when they said to Moses, who shall you say sent you? And Moses said, I mean, well, the Lord told Moses, I am that I am. So you know that this was Christ that was the burning bush. This is what he was claiming. How do you know this? They got angry in 59 and they took up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them and so passed by. So right here you have Jesus was the first invisible man. This is what they're speaking of. How do you hide yourself and go out through the midst of them and so pass by? So this was a metaphysical action taking place where he vanished in their presence and walked out through them. See, this was the first superhero. This is the first X-Men, all right? This is the real deal. All right, so, I mean, this excites me because this, again, refers to the deity of Jesus Christ. Does that say that in your NIV also? It says that <clears throat> this, they picked up stones and stone. Uh, oh, before stone that one. Oh. Before that one, like when it gets to Abraham was, I am? Yes. Okay. But right. I'm curious if yours talks about being invisible, basically. Oh, yeah. That says, cool. but Jesus hid himself. Slipping away from the temple grounds. Oh, slipping away. Oh, see, so he was a sneak. Yeah. He wasn't God walking out. What's that? Kind of a little hole. If I'm 
could be mistaken, but his version basically saying Jesus was running away. Yeah, yeah pretty much. He tiptoed out the back door. That's pretty much what they say. But this says he hid himself and went out through the midst of them and so passed by. It means he didn't run at all. He just said, well, time to disappear. And walked out through them like God would do. Mm-hmm. You know? So, again, that's an attack on Jesus Christ. Like, Here we... Does Mary Magdalene run this way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, our Lord was no coward. <laughs> So um, I am going to get off the NIV. I mean, bro, I got like three pages worth of NIV stuff. But I want to cover some other things, you know, before we stop. Uh, I actually never, never, you know, caught that, that he, he did become invisible. I mean, he hid himself mm-hmm. and went out of the temple going through the mist of them. And so yeah. I mean, he just went right through them. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that tells you right there what he was about. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, the ESV has Matthew seventeen twenty one, the same as the NIV, missing. Um, it has uh, Mark um, 944 missing. It has almost the same amount of uh, missing verses. But I do want to cover one thing um, that I saw, and this is in... All right, let's look at the New King James real quick. Now, it says here, it has hell taken out of the New King James Bible 22 times. The word blood omitted, which is missing, 23 times. The word repent is missing 44 times. Okay, Um, the word God is um, omitted 51 times. Uh, The word Lord omitted 66 times. Heaven omitted 50 times. The word Jehovah taken out completely. And this is the New King James Bible. Go to Psalm 83 and see if it's um, at the back of yours. Because that big word, I know everyone likes to talk about Jehovah, like in the Jehovah Witness. They'll take you right there to Psalm 83 and have you read that bottom part. So in, in Psalm 83, it's supposed to use the word Jehovah. So we'll see what the New King James has there. How many times has heaven taken out? So. Uh, heaven? Mm-hmm. 50 times. It's funny how you said the word Lord was taken out 66 times. Yeah, yeah. probably in all 66 books. I don't know, but it's just, um, yeah, it's crazy because we're even going to go to a few to prove that this is right. I have a quick little story to tell. Yep. There was this store in downtown Trotto that I'd have to walk by, and I would always either say a prayer in front of it or rebuke it mm-hmm. because it had... Um, you know, get your palm red, and then it had all these false <laughs> idols in the window, right? Along with um, like mixed dream, in with all this catchers, a bunch of crystals. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, catchers, I've been crystals, caught up with that. Um, <laughs> the palm reading, the um, the Hindu god, and uh, mixed in with all this, which was really interesting, was um, a statue with Mary and Jesus. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, that's not really Mary. Yeah, Semiramis and so, uh, anyway, Nimrod. That store is gone. Is <laughs> it a psychic place? Yeah. It's gone, oh, it's gone now. You expected they would have known they would have gone business. Exactly. Right? I always think yeah. that's so funny. All right, but, you have the new King James, right? I have like the, uh, the regular King James. This is the one the friend gave me. Oh, you brought the regular one? Yeah. Okay, because, I mean, I wanted to go into uh, what some of these say. I do have the uh, app. 
but it actually talks about um, all these being omitted. So you may not have time to go into all of them. But the New King James, from what I saw, doesn't have Jehovah in it either. I have at least 30 verses here that talk about hell being gone 22 times. Um, let's see what else is here. What verse in Psalm 83 does it say Jehovah? Um, at the end, the very last verse. Don't tell me that's gone from yours, too. I don't know. I think I, yeah, it's the very last verse of Psalm 83. Psalm 83? Yeah. It should be in bold print. It's not on there. Okay, so it's not in his either. Yep, but um, all that the King James has it, so. This is most highest for the believer. Yeah, you see? So if they're, if they're taking that word out, I don't think the Jehovah Witnesses were exactly wrong with that word. You know, I'm not sure myself because I know the original name that God's name was is YHWH. It doesn't say anything about adding vowels in it to come up with that word. So I don't know if that's the correct word. You know, I know some people like to use Yahweh. Yahweh is in the Tetragrammaton, and so is the word Jehovah also. I'm not sure what his name is called. I know they put yad heh vav which means kind of like Jehovah too in the, in the Hebrew tongue. But what God's name is, I'm not going to tell anybody what it is because I truly don't know. I know it was Y-H-W-H. Now, right. what that comes to... I have no idea. But go ahead, I'm sorry. I heard somebody's interpretation of that, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Is his name is the way it sounds when we take a breath, because we were breathed to life. He gave mm -hmm. us life by his breath. So when you mm -hmm. go, that's his name. It could be. It'd be good enough for me, you know. And that's why I'll say, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God the yeah. Father, you know, because that is the, you know that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that they serve the true God. You know, so I, I never use the word Jehovah, honestly. I call him Lord. I'll say, you know, God the Father, you know, Heavenly Father, you know, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I, obviously, I don't think that names of God are really that important. And how I believe that because is, is because, right, and, and, and why I believe it is because when Moses said, who shall I say sent me? He said, I am that I am. So in other words, you know what? My real name is not important. You tell them I am sent you because I always was. I am. I mean, that's those two words. How powerful a title is that? Mm -hmm. I am. I am sent you. Not his divine grace. <laughs> and you know what? What a lot of pastors use as far as the word reverend, that's wrong too. Because that word only applies to God. Only God is reverend. Not a man. So when you call yourself reverend, that comes out of the Catholic Church. You never refer to yourself as reverend. It's just like father. You can't do that. Exactly. You know, some people call these, you know, uh, Catholic uh, priest father. You are you are totally wrong. When Jesus said you can't use the word father, you can't use the word master to refer to another man, and you can't use the word uh, what's the other one? Father, master, and rabbi. No, rabbi is master. Teacher also. Teacher. Teacher. Right. Reverend. You know. Teacher. So, I think it's teacher. I think that's in, um, what is it, Matthew 23 that's or 22. Right. It's one of them. But, yeah. A friend of mine is uh, Anglican priest, and, and he goes by Father John, and I don't call him John, uh, Father. 
Okay, but we are going to have to. Um, I do want to look one other thing up because this is another mistake that's made on the King James that is not true. Where is it the part where they talk about the word? Because I know I wrote it down, but silly me, I didn't mark it. But it actually talks about um, the word uh, Easter, and it talks about the words Passover. You know, you guys familiar with that? Because people will say that the King James has the word Easter in it, where all the other Bible versions have the word Passover. Matter of fact, I might be able to find it because I know I put other notes next to it. But they were trying to say that, let's see. Well, even if I can't Acts, find it, and I hate when I write something. Acts 12, 4. Is it Acts 12, 4? Are we done in Psalms? Uh, yeah. Okay. But this was uh, going against the New Living Translation. Yeah, Acts 12, 4. 24 or 12, 4? Acts 12, verse 4. Oh, okay. I don't even see it written anywhere here. Oh, man, this is going to really bug me because I know that I wrote something else in. Mine says Passover. Oh, it's the Easter. Okay. The one that... Right, well... well is there another one? No, um, I'm going to prove that the King James was right, but I'm trying to find the note that I had on it. All right, I'll go to Acts 12.4, but this is something where some people will say the NIV is correct and the King James is wrong because it's a pagan holiday. So what I want to prove is that the word Easter there is correct. Okay, it's uh, Acts 12, 4. Mm -hmm. Okay, now it says earlier in the verse, now about that time, uh, let's, let's start at 1. Now about that time, Herod, the king, stretched forth his hands uh, to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, uh, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he had, let's see. And because he saw it pleased the Jews... Uh, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. Okay. And when he had um, apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to the four uh, Quartarians, Quartarians, Quart uh, <laughs> Quartanians, uh, um of soldiers and uh, keep him um, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, one thing to understand here is, now some people would think the Easter word was wrong. The thing is here, it goes back to verse 3. It just said the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The Feast of Unleavened Bread was the Passover period. So that would have been correct. This is after keeping him until after Easter. If you go into Leviticus, and I had the notes written and I can't find them, but... You go into Leviticus, it explains that the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Passover were the same time. The Feast of Unleavened Bread was the 14th, the Passover was the 15th. He was talking about here holding him until after Easter. Now, you know, Herod himself wasn't an Israelite, he was Roman. That's something people don't know about. They think that he was an Israelite. So he's using the term Easter because it's a pagan holiday representing him. 
that it's not the Passover because the Passover was mentioned first, you know, with the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So the King James got it right, where some people would say, well, isn't Easter a pagan holiday? No, the Bible knew exactly what they were trying to say. They were trying to say the Feast of Unleavened Bread, you know, and the Passover were the same time. Anything that came after that would have been the Easter period that Herod was referring to holding him on. So it makes a clear distinction of the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Passover. Okay, so that's another thing where the King James is correct, where some people would think there's something wrong with that. Okay, but like I said, with these Bible versions, I mean, there's so much information I would encourage everyone to really stutter it and go over it. I know that everyone here knows, you know, about it. Um, Sarah studies it. I've studied it. Jake was a part of the conference. You know, there's things that he knows about it and stuff like that. But I would encourage everyone, if you think that this Bible is not the correct one, I mean, you know, go and do some study on it. But there are so many missing verses and things. Man, that new King James, I thought it was just, you know... Um, you know, the these and the thou's being moved, man, they move so much. It's not even a Bible. No. You know, I think the book of Enoch might be more pure than these versions of Bible. I'm being honest. That's it. I'm just going to real quick say that um, I did the ESV and the ASV because that's what my parents read. I have those down here too. But, and yeah. I did, uh, I have, I went through and did 25 pages front and back of the comparisons between the ESV, the ASV, and the King James. And some people would say, well, they're just minor differences, but they're not just minor differences. You know, when it says that Jesus Christ is worthy of all praise, it belittles him because it makes him a servant. You know, it says that they would like, instead of worshiping him, they would say, oh, he like, they like sat down in front of him or make some, you know, knockoff translation of it. But if you don't know the Bible, you won't know where the differences really are. And that's the problem because most people don't know the Bible. Exactly. And all these Bible versions that try and prove that, uh, you know, they'll say Jesus is not God and everything, they'll always uh, attack the deity. Mm -hmm. That's one way of knowing for sure. They'll always go against who Jesus really is. And what did they say? You know, the spirit of Antichrist yep. that is already in the world. It's already in the world. Here's what... Um, I'm going to read a little of this real quick because it talked about what's uh, wrong with the New World Translation. This is the Jehovah Witness Bible. Um, it says that it says that their standard hardbound black Bible, New World Translation, which I think was published in 1981, it has 1,666 pages. Uh, count for yourself from cover to cover. I was more than a little surprised. This is what uh, Bruce Metzger says. He's a professor um, that studies, you know, theology. He says uh, of the New Testament of Prin oh, at, uh, Princeton University, calls the New World Translation a frightful mistranslation, erroneous and pernicious, apprehensible. If the Jehovah Witnesses take this translation seriously, uh, they are polytheists. Professor, um, and that's what he says. Here's another one. Dr. William Barclay, a leading Greek scholar, said, It is abundantly clear that a sect which can translate the New Testament like that is, actual, is intellectually dishonest. Okay, here's another one. So that means that they were crafty. 
Here's a British scholar H.H. Rowley uh, states, From uh, beginning to end, this volume is a shining example of how the Bible should not be translated. I mean, uh, I mean that's crazy. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, as a backdrop, oh, this is uh, more of what he says. I was disturbed because Watchtower... Uh, had misquoted me in support of their translation. So they've taken things from this guy and tried to add them uh, to themselves. Dr. Julius Mante, uh, author of Manual Grammar of the Greek New Testament, calls the New World Translation a shocking mistranslation, obsolete and incorrect. It is nearly scholarly uh, nor reasonable to translate John 1.1, the word was a god. So, you know, they're just picking on them. But this list goes on and on. And these men are, you know, they're all over. They know they're Greek. They know they're Hebrew. And they're ripping the Jehovah Witness Bible to pieces. I mean, so, you know, there's a lot of uh, false doctrine out there. And one thing a lot of Jehovah Witnesses would tell me is, you know, we read from the same Bible. As if that's the truth. But if you don't know this, then, you know, you'll take things as... You know, well, I guess they're telling the truth. Exactly. But um, there are other scriptures that support Jesus as God. Isaiah 42, Zechariah 12, 1 through 4 through 10. Uh, John 19, 37, Revelation 1 through 7. Isaiah 44, 6. Isaiah 44, I mean 41, uh, 4. Did you bring anything with you to write it? Okay. Because Jake uh, said that he was getting conflict with people that, you know, other Christians were trying to say that he wasn't God, you know. And I was, like, trying to tell Jake, hey, well, you know, bring a pad. I've got some information, but I can just text that stuff to you. Okay, um, let's see. Let's go to John 10 real quick. John 10, verse 11. No, Andrew's got school in the morning, so we can't go on much longer. But the thing is, is that we got to know that there's an attack on Christ. And you want to know what most of these churches are reading from? NIV. Yeah, NIV, uh, American Standard Version, New King James. And this is why you have all of this false doctrine. Actually, that's not what I was looking for. Um, Isaiah 44, 6. I'm sorry, guys. I'm like really off it today. But there is so much information. This would have to be like a four-part study. But we're not doing that. But, you know, we're just going to make it clear that, you know, that someone hates Christ. Even in his own so-called church, people are not reading his word. Well, it's the Jesuits. They were told to infiltrate every religion. Exactly. Isaiah 44.6. This reads, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Now, if you go to um, Revelation 1.7, let's go there real quick back of the book 
Is it seven or six? It's eight, okay. Then this is this is Jesus talking. Is it in red letter? Mm-hmm. Okay. It says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Now you tell me what's different from Isaiah forty four six and from this verse. This is clearly speaking of the deity of Jesus Christ. You know, so that's another thing that supports that Jesus Christ is God. He's God the Son. He's not God the Father. Another thing I want to make clear, too, is God the Father is the God of Jesus Christ. There's there's, version, there's verses in uh, Galatians and others that support this. So God the Father is the God of Jesus Christ, but they are all God. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's another thing to make clear. But like I said, we got a late start today, so... You know, I just wanted to bring clarity to, you know, a lot of people trying to say that all the Bibles are the same, or there are some that will say that the modern texts are better than the the older texts. You know, it's a lie. You know, we stick with this book, even though the Quaker English is, you know, you'll get used to it. Just like, it's like speaking a foreign language. You'll get used to it. And, you know, I even wonder if the reason why... Right. I even wonder if the reason why we don't speak this way anymore is because Satan had a plan. He said, we got to change this. Mm -hmm. So I think he was plotting even way back when. Because what's wrong with the Quaker English? If we had spoken this way, I mean, technically, we still speak American, but just mostly English. But, you know, I think that he was plotting then, hey, I got to change the times. I got to change the the rules. What's that? It's only really changed in the 20th century. Exactly. And if you look at that time period, that's when Satan really, you know, turned it on the people of God in so many different ways. Is he there? Yeah. Going back to uh, 44, six. my question is, uh, there is no God, I know not any. Uh, the word there is in different print. It is italicized. Okay, let's see. I didn't pick that up. Isaiah? Isaiah 44, 6. Okay. Unless it just looks different to me, but the whole word there, it's like completely different. Uh, Redeemer, host, I am the first and the last. Oh, there. Beside me, there is no God. Mine says, you know, T-H-E-R-E. It's italicized. That's what it's Yeah, that would have been the adding to to make it English. Right. So that's not really taking from it. Matter of fact, uh, I don't. That's actually the um, New Testament that I have. But you know, even if it says uh, "beside me is no God," now that would seem like poor English, but it says the same thing. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, if you read that one over, it says, "Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and uh, His Redeemer, the Lord of Hosts." So you see, now they're talking about both of them. Okay. Thus saith the Lord. That's in all caps. Uh, the king, um, I mean, the king of Israel and his redeemer, the Lord of hosts. So this is talking about Jesus all the way through, actually. The whole thing. These are just different titles. I am the first and I am the last. And beside me is no God. It's the same thing. Yep. So it doesn't take anything from it if you, if you want the truth. Now, some people would say, well, how can Jesus say that? One thing you got to understand about Jesus, too, is... 
He is the word. That word means logos. So he's a type of intelligence of God. He's the spokesperson of God. So that's what that word means. It's like the logos, but he's also God. Um, you know, it's kind of like how we would measure um, spirit, soul, and body. How we would say that each thing functions differently in us, but they all belong to us. Well, Jesus being the logos, he is the word. He is the written word, and he's also the rhema, which is the spoken word. So that's what that means as far as the logos. He's the spokesperson. He's the intelligence of God. You know, and I don't mean intelligence like he's the only one that's smart. The point I'm making is, is he's like the, the vocalist. He's the mouthpiece. So that's why when he says, besides me, there is none, he's speaking for the whole. Besides me. What does uh, 1 John 5, 7 say? Um, you know, uh, there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. So he's the spokesperson for the three. The Holy Ghost is the comforter. God the Father is the sovereign ruler over all. He is God. So the three of them go together. You look at the sun. The sun is a whole. The sun has light. The sun also has heat. But it's still the sun. The sun is not the light. The light is not the heat. The heat is not the sun. But they all are contained in the sun. Am I trying to make an image for the Lord? No, because the Bible says not to. But if you look at the way that the sun is made, the sun is a whole. But the sun itself doesn't exist without light or heat. Those, those, that is a part of the sun's makeup. And I can't say the sun's nature, but it's what the sun does. So this is how you explain God. You know, God is, but God has certain parts to him. He, God has a word, and God has a comforting spirit. God has a spirit. So those three are what make up God. It's more than one thing. Absolutely. You know, and to me, that's awesome because he did us in reverse. Where he is one God in three persons, we're one person in three parts. <laughs> yeah, isn't that awesome how he did that? Like he gave us a little bit of each, you know, so we can commune with him. That's awesome. And you can't even ask, uh, uh, you know, a scientist can say, you know, for evolution, what we're made of. But let's face it. How do you get a spirit? If you're a being that, that evolved, where does the spirit come from? Where does a soul come from? Where do you get a mind, a will, and the emotions from if you evolve? If you evolve, see, they're talking about the body. They forgot two special parts. Okay, let's just say we did evolve. We came up and we're just all flesh. Now, what's in that flesh? You can say life, but you know there's a soul and there's a spirit. Now, how did that get in there? Somebody explain that. Like, like we talked about last week, where did the first breath come from? You know? Adam was made, Eve was made, God breathed into them, they breathed into Cain and Abel and Seth. Seth, you know, whoever his wife is, which was probably one of the daughters of um, Adam, that's another lie they try and put out against God. They'll say, okay, so, you know, um, if Adam, Cain, and Seth were three sons, then how did they have wives? I'll show you how. Let's go to Genesis 4 real quick. Well, how did that happen? So you know it's a myth because there were no women around. And then some come up with bizarre stuff saying that they were with Eve. You know, and that's just ridiculous. Genesis 4. Yep. Oh, or 5. Actually, it's 5. Sorry, guys.
Okay, we'll go to verse 4. We can just cut it short. 5 verse 4. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. So I know that some people may think that that sounds sick, but the truth of the matter is there's no other choice. You know, am I saying that incest was was done? Well, if that's what you want to call it. You know, man wasn't nearly as corrupt as what you see now, but Adam and Eve had sons and daughters. You've got to reproduce. If he made two and he says you have to replenish the earth, who do you replenish the earth with? So, you know, today that would be considered wrong because there were laws put in place since then. But the thing... What? I'm sorry. Even in Leviticus, so there did come a point in time where he did cut it off. Right. Because it wasn't necessary anymore. But they had lots of sons and daughters. You know, from what I... To my understanding... um, I don't know where they, some French poem said that he had about 40 or something. I don't, I don't believe in that, but it's like anything that, if you live to be 900 years, how many children can you have in a lifetime? You think about that. It's got to be somewhere around 400. <laughs> you think about it, yeah. Wow. Not to take any of that away, because, you know. Well, the word of God, right. My question is, because, you know, we have the, the Garden Eden. Is it possible that there are other tribes outside the Garden of Eden? No. Before Adam and Eve or during? Around the time of uh, Cain, you know, um, I would say after Adam and Eve, yes, because Cain was banished. Cain probably married one of Adam's daughters, but I know from there Cain had a bloodline that was corrupt. You know, if you look at Cain's bloodline... Um, he actually had an Enoch before, and they try and equate that Enoch to the Enoch of the Bible. They're two different Enochs. One Enoch they claim on the Egyptian pyramids was a name written Salred, you know, in Egyptian language. But they said that that name was the same as Enoch. But they'll say, oh, that means Enoch of the Bible. No, Cain became a builder. If you read about what Cain's life was, they were corrupt. They were against God. They were the people that were actually in the earth that were against Noah's people, you know, during the flood. So Cain's lineage was wiped out after the flood. But Cain did have a bloodline that they had a name like Methuselah. It was almost like Cain named these people first, as if that's the way they were supposed to be named. Then you have Seth, and they, their generation had the same names later. You guys have to look that up. I think I gave it to the in, in the paper that you guys have. Yeah. But it has both of them. But Cain's bloodline, you know, was... Um, you remember, right? You guys still have them or no? Yeah, I got them. Okay, yeah. But Cain's bloodline um, ran right alongside of Adam and Eve. So I would say after the time Cain left, absolutely. But they were out of the garden then. So, But I don't believe that there were any people outside of the garden before then, no. Because it's contrary to what the word says. If they had sons and daughters, you'd have to imagine he married one of them. You know, I mean, and, and I, I hate to, some people would think that's disgusting. In that time, that was what you had. And because he was banished, it was probably not that unlawful anyways, you know. But the thing is, is there's no other choice. Well, without any, without any examples for them to go by, they wouldn't even think it was necessarily wrong. <clears throat> exactly. Man wasn't as corrupt as he is today. You know, now, like you said in Leviticus, they cut it off because it was like, you got no business looking at your sister like that. You know, there's plenty of women you can marry. There's plenty of things that you can do. In 
not to mention, like you said, if they lived 900 plus years, doesn't really give an age, you know. No, and I mean, he was 800 and something with Seth, you know. So, I mean, Seth wasn't even probably his third child. He probably had others even before Seth. Seth was just counted as to carry on the lineage. Where those other sons and daughters went, maybe they hung out with Cain. You know, maybe they became a part of Cain's people. And I don't want to speculate, you know, to take away from the word, but there's no other choice, you know, that they had to reproduce that way. So when people try and use the argument, well, Adam and Eve had three sons, well, where was, you know, how could they have children? Now you know how. You go to right to the next verse, I mean, next chapter, Genesis 5, it tells you Adam and Eve had sons and daughters. It didn't say how many. It said they had sons and daughters. It didn't say a son and one daughter, because then you can say, okay, now then you're trying to tell me all those men were with that woman. No, he had sons and daughters. It doesn't say how many. So, you know, the Bible will defend itself, regardless of what people try and think about it. But, you know, guys, it is late. We got a late start. I wish we could have dove deeper into it because of the fact that, you know, this really, um, there's so much, man. If you guys knew how corrupt, there's even a part in Isaiah 14, 12, where it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? The Bible calls him son of the morning and gives him a name, Lucifer. means light bearer. If you look at the name in the Hebrew, it means praise. It's Hallel. Okay, so even he had an ancient name like that. But if you look in your Bible, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O morning star? So, in other words, they're calling Jesus the one that fell from heaven. What is it, Revelation um, 22? I think it's 21, 22. But in Revelation 21, 22, it makes clear that Jesus says, I am the bright and morning star. So when they call um, Satan, O morning star, you know, they're, they're trying to say it was Jesus that fell from heaven and not, uh, yeah. And I wanted to cover more of that, but there's so many things. Like where Jesus, um, the Bible says, I believe in Peter, Jesus is the cornerstone. You know, um, the NIV calls him the capstone. Now everybody yeah. knows that capstone refer, refers to. Uh, yeah, we got to. It's a cornerstone that keeps stuff together, not a capstone. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't keep anything together. To pull the corners around any falls. Right. Revelation twenty two sixteen, Jesus says, Well, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. So he's telling you who he is, his title. You look in your NIV, Isaiah 14, 12, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O morning star? So again, they're saying Jesus fell from heaven. They didn't say Satan fell from heaven. You know, so, I mean, this just, honestly, I mean, I can't tell anyone what to do with their Bibles, but pick up a King James and see what it really says. That's what I encourage everyone to do. I thought Mikkel was going to bring his new King James, because I was like, man, you know, we'll probably compare some of that stuff, but... Yeah, he came with the sword this time. <laughs> like what you know, but again, if you're gonna read the NIV, I would read the King James too. I would make a comparison. Because they've taken so much. I mean, if you would really see what this looked like physically, I would just be holding the cover. I mean, that's how messed up those other Bibles are. Like they are shot full of holes. 
if they really were to take out everything and not fill them in, you'd be able to read your, you'd be able to see what's in your kitchen just looking at your Bible. They've taken so much out. It's crazy. Yeah, that's exactly what they tried to do. So, you know, when I say the Word of God, people have tried to corrupt it. Yes, they did, but they didn't corrupt the Word. They corrupted, you know, other versions. And, you know, this is the only Bible without a copyright. You know, this was owned by the King of England, I believe, or um, King James or whatever. But at the time, this is owned. I mean, this is the only Bible with no copyright. All the other Bibles have one. You can't find one in a real King James. There's no copyright anywhere. Actually, he was king over two countries, England. Three. 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 And there's a big story about King James. I wish I could tell everybody, but like I said, there's so much information. I know Jake got on me the other day. He said, you know, why is it that you say you're going to go into stuff in a later study and you don't? Guys, the thing is, is that there's a lot of stuff that I know that would make a lot of people uncomfortable. I know, you know, but it would make a lot of people uncomfortable and that's not what this ministry or this gospel is going to be about. There are certain things that I have discovered, and, you know, what do you do with it? You know, do you tell everybody, or do you just leave it to yourself? But there's a lot of stuff. I believe the focus is Jesus Christ and not about anything else. So I know I said I would go into what some things were, but I just don't think it's that safe right now. I know we're all supposed to be seeking the truth, and I'm not trying to teach in secrecy. I'm just saying Jesus is the focal point. But if you really want to know a lot of stuff concerning uh, certain things, man, it, it'll make everybody's head. You know, I think the first thing would be no way. The second thing would be <laughs> you're crazy, you know. <laughs> so it's just, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe later on. but I didn't mean that to imply that you were being secretive. No, I know what you meant, and you're right. If I say I'm going to do something, I should do it. But if you guys have noticed, when it comes down to um, who certain countries are, you know, I'll say, yeah, I'll get in that in another study. Well, I know who these countries are. You know, I've researched it. I have uh, Bible dictionaries and, you know, done a lot of research. And it's just, man, you know, how do you explain something like that when the whole world told you that it was one other way? You know, I just don't want to get into it. I don't think it's that important. You guys want to know? Do your own research. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get in there. You know, it's it's too sensitive a topic. And I think, like, it should be about Christ. It'll just get into debates and arguments. Yeah, I mean, but if you read the, the word, there really ain't much of an argument to it. I think what it would oh, require no. was an open mind, you know, to, to really see what was. But... Man, they have lied to us so bad about so many things. And, you know, I would like to get into it. Sarah knows some of it. I told her she's researched herself. Ryan, who first came with me to you guys' Bible study, you know, he knows a lot of stuff. And he asked a question. And when he asked, I was able to answer him from the moment that he asked. He said, okay, well, you know, if this is this, then what was it before that? You know, and I felt like, okay, the Lord wants me to tell him too. But other than that, um, I just won't address some things. You know, I've it's just. A lot of that stuff too. Yeah, and it's just you'd be it surprised. Really, it really does take it over the willing mind. And I understand. You'd be surprised yeah. who's who in the world. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. 
you'd really be shocked. If you think, man, no, it's not like that, it's this, because this is what professors tell me. There are things in the Bible that, I'll tell you one thing, you know, it's just really odd, but um, there was a, uh, um, was it the book of Acts where Paul was asked a question? I think he, Paul was asked a question about something, and they said, um, do you speak Greek? I thought you were an Egyptian. I thought thou was an Egyptian. You know, and I'm like, eh, well, whatever. You know, and you go over it. But there are some things that are pretty bizarre. You know, but if you look at who's behind it, Satan has always called, tried to cause strife in the world. And like I said, I could care less who's who. All I'm caring about is, is my name written in that book of life? That's all that matters in the end of it all. Is my name written in that book? Because if it's not, I can know all the great mysteries of the world, but guess what? <laughs> I'll be trying to remember them in the lake of fire. So that's not important, you know? So, all right, I know Andrew's got to go to school. He hung tough with us. You can tell he's tired looking at him. So I guess we'll pray out from here. All right, good, sir. Heavenly Father, I want to come to you tonight, and I want to thank you for another opportunity that you've given us to come and study your word, Lord to dwell upon your truth, to know what's real. Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts and our souls and our minds to be receptive of your truth, Lord. I know and understand that some of the things that come across may be hard, may be difficult to understand, but Lord, we have got to be that open and willing vessel to receive your truth. If we are given that opportunity, Lord, I believe that this ministry is going and leading in the direction that you would have it to go. But in order to do so, Lord, we all have to be on one accord. And thus far it has been, Lord. And I pray that it will stay that way. I pray that everything that has been presented here tonight, Lord, that we would take it all home and we would all, we would all do our own research. Do not take anything at face value, Lord. We have to do our own research. Your word even says that we have to study to show ourselves approved. And that is because there are so many false religions, so many false doctrines, and so many false virgins of your true and holy word. But Lord, the thing is, is that if Jesus Christ is the word, how can he be taken out of who he is? So I want to thank you for giving us your true and holy word. You gave us the rhema and the logos, Lord. And we have to study it. But we have to study what is right and what is true. So I pray that you would help us all, Lord, to understand what your true soul I pray that we would take your word and we would do our own study. Lord, I pray that we would take this truth to others, but in order to do so, we have to be right with you first. I pray that all of us here tonight, Lord, I pray that we would take a look inside of ourselves. And if there is anything that is keeping us from hearing your voice, if there is anything that is keeping us from communicating with you, to know what your will is for our lives, Lord, I pray that you would take it and that you would remove it out, out of our lives, Lord, so we can draw closer to you. So we can know what your will for our life is, Lord. So we can be out and we can be teaching and preaching and witnessing to others for your glory. Lord, this is about bringing lost souls to you. This is not about us. This is not for our benefit, Lord. This is to bring lost souls to you. This is so we can bring the truth to others because eventually one day, Lord, Persecution is going to start. It has already started, Lord, but it's, becoming, it, it's going to become more often. We have got to be ready. Lord, we have got to be filled with your Holy Spirit. 
Because if it says, as it were in the days of Noah, so it shall be, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Then, Lord, if giants were on the earth at that time, and I believe that they were, they're going to come back, and if we are filled with your Holy Spirit, then that's the only way that we're going to be able to rebuke these giants out of the way and rebuke other things out of the way. But we've got to be right with you first. We've got to be filled with your Holy Spirit first. It's not going to be anything that we have done, Lord. We have got to be filled with you. So I pray that you would help us all, Lord, to get our, our lives right with you. I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would help everyone to come back next week so we can dwell on your truths more. I thank you for everyone that came tonight, dear Lord. I pray that we are right in the body of Christ. Lord, I pray that you would help us all to know what our part in the body of Christ and in this ministry is. Because you have all given us gifts, Lord, and I pray that we would just you would just help us to know what those gifts are so we can bring forth truth as well. Lord, I pray that you would give us all safety of travel tonight. I pray that you would bring us back next week. Lord, I thank you for this ministry. I thank you for all the things that you have done for us. Lord, I pray that we would just stay right with you. I pray that whatever we have going on in our lives, whether it's illness, whether it's uh, needing healing, whether it's a family member, Lord, that needs to come to you, whether it's a family member that needs healing, whatever we have in our life, Lord, that we would give it over to you, that we would not let anything stop us, no matter what it is, no, that we would not let anything stop us from gaining closer access with you, Lord. I pray that you would help us to understand the spiritual warfare that we must fight in, Lord that we would take on the full armor of God. I pray that you would watch over us in this evening, that you would guide us and direct us, Lord, lead us into your truths. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.